98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up, 2 o'clock. Bless you. On this Tuesday Thank afternoon, you. good afternoon and welcome into today's edition. Of the Burns and Gambo Show here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. We are live from the Oxygen Community Studios. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only... Wait, you're here. You're here. Yeah, I, I, yeah. we didn't... We, me John and my five and idiot friends from New York... <laughs> I think while you were gone, we renamed it to the Burns Featuring Gambo Show. Yeah, yeah the, the Dave Burns Show. Featuring Sean Gambador. Yeah. That's what we were going to, because we were covering ourselves in case, <sighs> in case you won the Powerball. What happened? You didn't win the Powerball we didn't, last we didn't win. We didn't win. Oh, wow. Nobody won, so they all want to go back in again for tomorrow. So, what, you're, what, what, you know, I got the same, you know, I have the same friends that I've had since seventh grade. Go through the names again, because yesterday the nicknames, especially the one named Fetus, was fascinating. Yeah, this, I mean, the, the, the feeling with that is because every time that, you know, after a night out, he would always be curled up in, like, the fetal oh, the position. Fe- <laughs> he was always be in the fetal position. Like, man, he'd, like, crash out on Bobby Mack's floor, man. He'd be just, just in a fetal position. Like, he was always cr- like that after. That is an yeah. outstanding nickname. So they named him Fetus. Outstanding Joe, nickname. Joe Cafaro is Bacala. <laughs> okay. I gotta tell you why. Probably not appropriate for air. Yes, uh, Frank uh, Frank Casara is Peach. Okay, call him Frankie Peach. Okay. Uh, if Bob- at any point none of these are clean for air, you're gonna have to edit yourself on this one. No, uh, Bob- Bobby Bobby is just Mac. Okay, just Mac. Just Mac. All he right. was our one Irish friend. So all right. Uh, Todd is T Bone. T Bone. T Bone. Okay, so T Bone. So T Bone, Fetus, and the crew decided that they're not going to do it again now. No, they want to do it again. They want to do it again. Oh, yeah. oh, so are you going to be in again? Sure. Uh, why? Sure. Not? Okay, so there's still a chance. Seventh is, grade. Same friends since seventh grade. Same friends. There's still a chance Every, this is your last week on the Burns and Gamble if we win show. To, if we win tomorrow. Okay. Mm. Well, I, I, I don't know whether to wish you good luck or not. You got no. <laughs> no I guess I'm a bona fide gambler now. I'm going to throw him 40 bucks this so. week at Powerball. I guess so. I guess I'm a bona fide gambler. Man. Mm. Not for nothing. I'm not going to tell you what to do with your money, but not I wouldn't gamble. Yeah. I would, I'm not going to gamble on sports. That's not what I'm going to do. I still don't know if I'm going to listen to a guy named Fetus tell me what to do with my money. <laughs> That's a great nickname, That's man. That's a fantastic nickname. That's a great nickname. nickname. I, I, I pride myself on coming up with good nicknames. That's an all-timer That's right a good there. one right That's there. a really good nickname. For a guy. All right. Well, welcome yeah. back Rocko, to your own Rocko show. Rocco is just rock. Yeah. Welcome back just to rock. your own show. Thank you. I'm very Thank glad you. you're here. Uh, I don't know whether to wish you luck this week because if yeah. you win, it means you're gone. And then I have to break in a new co-host, and that's always you know a uh, dicey proposition. That's a pain, pain in the butt. Yeah, yeah. So I don't so know. Root against do that. me. So I don't know if I'm just root against me. I don't know if I'm wishing you good luck or not. Mm. Let's weigh in on our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Right, I just mentioned it here real quick because I know you had, and we're going to go a little more into detail on this yes, later on the show. Yes. Quentin Dunbar, cornerback, uh, has, has signed with the practice squad. He has been signed to the practice squad. Yeah, there was a report out there that they signed him, but the truth is, and, and I'm reporting this, that the Cardinals have signed Quentin Dunbar to the team's practice squad. He has not been signed to the active roster. He's not here to, to he's just a practice squad guy. They had him in for workout, they liked him. And uh, they did sign him to the practice squad just moments ago. He got signed to the practice squad. All right, so we'll get into more of the details regarding that uh, coming up a little later on in the show. But if you're looking for kind of the news of the day when it comes to the Cardinals, 
there's that. Uh, here we come with the L.A. Rams, and this team is good. Oh, my this God. This team is – go ahead. Say what you're going to say. I, I almost just you know wanted to close your email that you sent today with the – you know, all the numbers, I mean, it just backs up. Just like you watch them, you're like, man, they're really good. And then you put the numbers together, and it really backs up how good they are. Yeah. They're really good. Yeah, it was a story from uh, Jordan Rodriguez. She covers the uh, the Rams for the athletic website. She used to be an intern here at ArizonaSports.com, so we always follow her career very closely. Uh, and it is it is just it's filled with all sorts of numbers and stats and tidbits about the Rams that make you wonder – what the Cardinals have gotten themselves into this weekend. Um, let's start with their offense. Okay. The Rams against the Bucks scored points on six consecutive drives against Tampa Bay. Four of the six resulted in touchdowns. Wow. On Think th- about that. Yeah. Six consecutive times they got the ball against Tampa's defense. You know who their defensive coordinator is, right? Of course. He's a good one. He's a good one. Six consecutive times? They score four of those with touchdowns? Yep. That's impressive. On third downs, they were 10 for 15 on third down against the Bucks defense. Stafford himself on third down this season. This, this just blows my mind. Uh, he is completing 70% of his passes on third downs for the whole season. He's 19 of 27, 275 yards, three touchdowns, specifically on third down pass attempts of 10 yards or more. This is crazy. He's 6 of 8 for 142 yards and a touchdown. So you got him at third and 10, and they got you right where they want you. Yeah. No, think about this. Yeah. You get him third and 10, and you're like, big victory. That's right where he wants to be. Six out of eight? That's crazy. For that, what was the yardage? Uh, one, 40. hold on, 142. Wow. 142 a touchdown. Wow. Five first downs. He's, okay, a perfect, wow. I think a perfect passer rating is 156.8 or something along, it's like 156 or 158. He's got 156.3 passer rating when passing on third downs of longer than 10 yards or more. Do you so realize he's the, almost perfect. Do you realize the, the yardage on, the, you said he's six of it, just do a little, a little quick math here. Six of eight on third down passes of 10-plus yards or more for 142 yards. Okay, six times 20 is 120. And we're talking, what, 25, 24 yards per, per play on third and 10? Yeah. 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 It's over 20. Yeah. that's It's like 24 yards, 24 23 yards, yards per completion, per completion on, on third, third and, and 10. Long. Yeah. Just when you think you've got them out, oh, it's right where we want them, third and long. Yeah. And they, they pick no. up 25 yards on you. Yeah. That's how good they've been so wow. far. Wow! I wow. There's more. Uh, there's I don't a lot even know more. if I want to hear. I, it. I know it's it's discouraging. <laughs> it uh, the Rams' offense scored 30 points for the second time in three games when they scored uh, what they scored against Tampa Bay. That unit crossed that mark only three times in 16 games in 2020. Translation. Jared Goff, yeah, they were okay with Jared Goff. You know, I, I know Jared Goff did some things, got the contract extension, but only three times in 16 games in 2020 did they score more than 30 points. They've already done it twice, and they've only played three games Can you so get far. to the beatdown of Tom Brady? Because yeah, I enjoyed this the most. Defensively, against Tom Brady, they pressured him 18 times on Sunday. They sacked him three times. They hit him five times. They forced three straight Tampa Bay punts to open the game. Brady 
was the rushing leader for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Couldn't run with on them. 14 yards. Rams defense is holding opponents to 18.3 points per game. Their offense has put up 30 points in the last two games. They are uh, they are clicking early in this season. Yeah, they are. The Bucs could not run the ball. There were six tackles for loss in that game by the, by the, by the Rams defense. This is... Man, this is impressive. This isn't like you are going up against Goliath on Sunday. Like, you really are. Like, this is the best team in the NFL right now. This is the best team in the NFL. And you got to play him at their place this week. And uh, it'll, it'll be a challenge. Todd Bowles is a great defensive coordinator. He's a great defensive coordinator. He had no answers. None. He had no answers. Nope. And now you got, I mean, Vance Joseph is probably watching this tape trying to, how, how the hell, like, how do you stop Cooper Cup? I mean, I don't think you can. Yeah. Tyler Higby? How good's Tyler Higby been? And he's a Cardinal killer. Like he's he's played really His well against very, the Cardinals. Yeah, you had that in your email today. His numbers against the Cardinals are very, very good. Van Jefferson. Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson. Robert Woods. Uh, I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on. I mean, they're not running the ball particularly well. They don't have to run the ball particularly well. It's it's really it's the worst nightmares come true of Matthew Stafford to the Rams. Now it's early. It's just three games. But there was this belief that Matthew Stafford had basically been stashed away in Detroit, hidden there for a number of years because the organization around him wasn't good and that he was kind of stuck on a really bad team that he wasn't going to be able to really show what he was capable of because the talent around him was such junk. Now that he's been liberated from Detroit and he's in Los Angeles where he's surrounded by talent, there was this fear when the Rams got him, oh my God, he's the perfect quarterback for Sean McVay. Three games in, Oh my God, he's the perfect quarterback for Sean McVay. I mean, it- and 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 I love the approach that they've taken. And some people did not like it. Man, they gave up every draft pick they have until 2074 <laughs> to build this team. Like they're not going to have a draft pick for the next 52 years. Mm-hmm. No, but really, like no, they, they, it's close. They yeah. gave up draft picks for. Uh, they they gave up so many draft for picks. Jalen Ramsey Jaylen, was it two for Ramsey? Two for Ramsey, I believe. It one was for Cooks. One for Cooks, who's two not even Stafford. on the team anymore. Two for Stafford. Just throwing away. They're like Oprah giving away cars. Man, <laughs> you get a first round pick, and you get a first round pick, and you get a first. We're giving them away. We're giving around first round picks like Oprah's giving away cars. Yeah. Scary. Text the word Sparky to six twenty six twenty. Your chance to win tickets to the ASU Stanford football game and tickets to see ASU alumni Ryan Bader take on Anthony Johnson at the Bellator MMA. That's Sparky to six two zero six two zero. Already the Suns are back on the court for training camp. It wasn't that long ago, ten weeks to be exact, that they played the final game of the NBA season. It's a quick turnaround. How are they handling it? That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo show. <laughs> Welcome back to the Burns and Gambo Show here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Suns training camp underway yesterday was media day because it was a Big Red Monday and we were coming off a Cardinals, you know, 3-0 and start to the season and the win against Jacksonville. We weren't, we talked a little bit about the Suns yesterday. We were talking about DeAndre Ayton and we've got more on Ayton coming up in the Twitter poll question. But man, there's a lot to unpack from yesterday, including, I think kind of first and foremost, this unique position this team is in right now when having to quickly turn around from the crushing, the soul-crushing end to last season to the beginning of this season. I think it's only been 10 weeks since they played against the Milwaukee Bucks in that game six that night in Milwaukee. So the turnaround is extremely fast. 
And for a guy like Jay Crowder, think about him for a second. 2019. Huh, Miami. Right, he's in Miami. Yeah. He's in the bubble. Yep. They go to the finals. They lose. That's heartbreaking. Now you've got a real quick turnaround before you join a new team with the Phoenix Suns. You play 72 games in a compressed season. Go to the finals. Lose. Now you have 10 weeks to get yourself ready for the next season. He talked yesterday at Media Day about accepting his second finals defeat in a row, and he spoke very openly about how much of a struggle last year was. I was hurt. I was mad. I was upset. You know, I was just, I used that loss, another one as motivation, you know, just to wake up 7 a.m., hurting a little bit. Um, I just used that as motivation just to get back, just to um, try to be a champion. But I try to, I don't know, I've talked to my psychiatrist. I'm trying to build my um, mental capacity just to withstand and hold up better than it did last year. I don't want to have those situations where I'm, a week just not feeling it for a week uh, because uh, I feel like my brain is fried. I just want to continue to just take it day in and day out, take it one day at a time, and hopefully not have those moments where um, I feel fried. But if it does if it does happen, I think the best thing I can do is communicate it with my teammates and my coaches, and uh, from there. Fascinating. Extraordinary. Fascinating. Yeah. Working with, I guess, a sports psychiatrist. Uh-huh. And, you know, there are times and it's just, I remember this guy was to the NBA Finals and lost. To the NBA Finals and lost. Long seasons, not a lot of time to rest and recover and you get back at it. And he doesn't want it to be like that. So, but, but what what I got out of that, it wasn't like a day thing. It was more like a week thing. Yeah. It was like, hey, you had a bad day. You wake up on the wrong side of the bed, you just don't feel it. It was like, man, you... You know, mentally for a week, man, I'm just, it's hard. It's hard to get up and go to work every was, day or it's hard to get motivated. So I got to figure out a way to to get through that. That that was pretty fascinating. Yeah, I, I, I thought, I mean, man, there's, and he's been getting a lot of praise uh, uh, locally and around the NBA for his willingness to kind of talk about his mental health so openly because you know this as well as I do, having covered professional sports as long as we have. Man, a lot of guys, a lot of professional athletes will say, no, man, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, and they'll, and they'll, for lack of a better word, they'll lie to you. You know that they, they won't be. They 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 don't want to show any weakness because they don't want to show any cracks in the armor. Right? They want to make it look like they're the toughest people in the whole world, and there's nothing that can get to them. And I love the honesty from Jay Crowder. And, and look, Jay Crowder, I would think, is going to be a real resource for his teammates this year because I think there's the potential for a lot of that to go on for the Suns this season. You know, you get to the middle of January and you're grinding and you're tired and you're coming off a season in which you played all the way until the end and you lost and you have to deal with that bitter you, defeat. You don't, you don't get like what we do or vacation week. Nope. You don't get that. You don't get any time off. During that time. Yeah. You don't get, you don't, Hey, I'm going to take a week vacation. Then you get the all-star break. But outside of that, man, you don't get to be like, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm going to take a four day weekend here. I'm going to take a three day weekend here. Yeah. I'm going to like, it's always it's it's always work, and I don't want constant work, and I don't want to shed too many tears. They're professional athletes; they're making millions and millions of dollars a year. So that that's you know that's part of the gig, and that's what you sign up for. For it, so it's it's not going to be that we're just filled with pity for these guys because of what they have to do. That's the job, and they're going to go do it. But I do love the fact that Jay Crowder is talking openly about his mental health, his health, mental health. I'm sorry, how he's talking about seeing a doctor. How he's trying to to give himself more breaks so he's not fried next year. They've all got to well, deal. The team's got to deal with that too. Then, yeah, the mental breaks. The you know, we talk so much about Veterans Days off with the with the football team. 
I mean, maybe there's just got to be a lot more of those with the basketball team. I mean, you've, you, you guys have been together for a little bit. You don't need the practice time as much now. For a unit that's been together, that's why James Jones likes chemistry, continuity, right? You know, when you're building and bringing in all these new guys, you and you, you know, you, you start off and you see, you want practice days. You want practice days. You need those practice days. For a veteran team, you may, need, you may not need the practice days as much. Especially one in which they brought everybody back, right? It, it, one that's in the which point. There's, yeah, there's yeah. no, I mean, who do they, who do they lose? They, they lost Javon Tor- Carter. And they lost Tory Craig. And Javon Carter. Yep. Other than that, they brought everybody back. And yeah, no Langston Galloway. Yeah, no Etwan Moore. Okay, so they, they, and I don't want to minimize those guys, but the fact that this is year two of Chris Paul and you don't need to... I mean, think about, remember, the adjustment to Chris Paul last year? It took like a month and a half for it them did. to kind of figure out how it was all going to work. Well, we and then talking, they went on that crazy Why is Book you know... You know, why, but, you know you, that whole thing. You know, who's going who's gonna to take those big shots at the end of the quarter? At the end of the at half, at the end of the game, who's that going to be? That took a little while to figure out. Yeah, Monty even uh, talked today about that's the real benefit of year two of Chris Paul is that we don't need to spend as much time kind of getting to know how this thing is going to work. Uh, we talk about how they responded to losing. Cam Johnson was on Bickley and Murata today. How did he deal with the disappointment of the finals? A lot of ways. Uh, watching it over and over and over again until your mind goes numb, trying to figure out what we did well and what we did not do enough of to win and what it comes down to is you, you have to you you do have to give the bucks some sort of credit uh, mm-hmm. you watch those games and they made plays and they competed at a high level they defended they got stops when they needed them they scored when they needed to and they had a lot a lot a lot of clutch plays money yesterday during media day very honest about how he felt in the immediate aftermath of losing the finals to the bucks you no know, this summer really helped me um when we lost, because I was <laughs> I was in a pity party for about two weeks, man. It was it was bad. I mean, it's just internally like sad, you know, pouty. But um, a lot of reflection, a lot of prayer, a lot of studying to get back to this place of understanding how blessed I am. You know, I tell the players all the time, "This is a get to and not a got to," and I didn't even subscribe to that. You know, I just went to pout mode when we lost. And then I realized when I was in Texas feeding my deer and fishing a little bit on our, our property over there, it's like, man, I get to be in the finals. And we didn't win, but I, I, I got to be in that position. I get to work with our players and, and all of that. It's, it's a huge, huge blessing. And I kind of lost sight of that because we lost as if I deserved to win because I earned some right. You know, when you think about it like that, right, Who's the three biggest NBA players that have never won a championship? All time? Yeah, you, you would probably go Malone, Malone Barkley, Barkley Ewing. Ewing. Yeah. They all made it to the finals. They all played in the finals. Yep. Malone was in the finals with the Jazz against the Bulls twice. Ewing was in the finals against the Rockets twice. And Barkley was in the finals with the Suns. Once, yeah. The one like, time. they were all in the finals. Like you can't say they didn't. They they don't understand what it's like to play in the. They were there. They yeah. understand that they didn't win, but they were there. And I think Marty's point is after self reflection for two weeks, I'm kind of glad that we got to the finals. Mm-hmm. After the self pity party of hey we didn't win, I'm glad we got to the finals. I just to hear him describe it, 
is to a T how I felt for about two weeks after the Suns lost the NBA Finals. I was throwing a pity party too, and I'm I'm not even employed by the organization, and I was pouty and I was in a bad mood. I was so I was so disappointed for about two weeks. I really, really was because you just don't know when something like that yeah is going to circle I mean, around no, yeah, listen, again. You ch- there's no promises, no guarantees. No, they nothing. may not make it back this year. They may no. not make it back next year. I mean, you, you don't know. When we come back, while they are just as focused on finishing the season strong, they actually have a chance to really affect the outcome of things over these final six games. How can the D-backs do that? We'll talk with Tori Lovello next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Your exclusive home of the D-backs. Diamondbacks. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. D-backs manager Tori Lovello joins Burns and Gambo to talk D-backs baseball. Presented by PNC Bank. Financial tools and tech to help make things easier. For Tuesday at 2.30, we get to talk Diamondbacks baseball with the manager of the D-backs, Tori Lovello. He joins us on the Coulter Automotive Group Sports Line as the Diamondbacks are in the Bay Area tonight with the first to three against the San Francisco Giants. You'll hear it here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. And with that, we say good afternoon to Tori Lovello. How are you doing today, Skip? I'm doing well, you guys. How are you? Good. Well, congratulations. We haven't got a chance to uh, to speak with you since the news came out that you uh, have agreed to a one-year extension to continue as the manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Just give me your your thoughts on coming back for another year. Yeah, first of all, I appreciate that, Gambo. Um, and I always appreciate the, the support you guys have given me. You're, you guys are real. You keep it real. You call me, uh, call me on things I do well and uh, the things I don't do well. So, um, you know, I, I just think in this case it was, it was the same type of thing. I think ownership and uh, the front office saw some of the things that, um, that they appreciated in me. And, of course, there are some things that, that I need to work on, and I'm going to continue to grow and learn as a manager. But extremely honored and humbled by this um, by, by the ownership's trust in me and, you know, Ken and Derek um, and, and their belief in me despite a very rugged season. We know, I know what happens in, in these types of situations where managers win 50-plus games. You know, it, it's not always a great ending. But um, I'm here, and I'm, I'm proud to be here. I love the Valley. I love everything about, um, about this state, and I want to help, you know, lead this team into the – into the next next sequence of where we're trying to go, and that's to win as many baseball games as possible, and ultimately win a championship. Yeah, let, let me get you get your thoughts on that. I mean, were, were you taken aback by it? Were you surprised? Were you concerned that a deal wasn't going to get done as you approached the end of your contract? Um, well, you know, look, I'm I'm a human being, right? I have the same the same uh, the same feelings and thoughts that everybody else does. I just had a, I had a job to do here. Every single day, I had to come to this ballpark and do my job to the best of my ability and block out some of that noise. And I've been saying it for the past several days. I, I'm, I know I'm repeating myself, but um, yeah, of course I was worried about it. Of course I would think about it because uh, the conclusions aren't always the, the most, the most uh, desirable conclusions when, when you lose as many games as we have this year. So, um, you know, once we started to, to get that information, or I started to get that information from the front office that they were, you know, wanting to bring me back, I, was, I couldn't be more pleased. We, you know, quickly worked out a deal. Before they change their mind, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm very honored, and like I said, and humbled. And it starts with Ken and Derek. You know, they're, they're the two guys that aren't here every day, and, and they're having to trust it through a lot of different eyes. And they ask a lot of questions when I see them, and I know that they hold everybody accountable. Uh, and that's something we're all going to continue to do inside of this organization. Troy Lavello, manager of the Diamondbacks, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. One of the things that you had said uh, after you got the, the contract extension, assuming that the club is going to be kind of young next year, if that's the direction Mike decides to take it, 
you said, quote, that's pretty much in my wheelhouse, close quote. What what sort of experience do you draw on if indeed that is the direction this club goes in next year for something like that? Well, I guess what I meant with that quote was, um, you know, having young players, connecting with young players, uh, having them understand what part of the puzzle um, they were and how they fit in, and, and you know, building building from the ground up with with a young creative player with a young creative mind, having them understand what our concepts are. Um, I love that type of stuff, and it's very tedious work. It takes a lot of time and effort. But I love those conversations. I love those work days where you come in and you've got you, you don't have really an agenda. You just want to see where it takes you. But you know that you're going to have some guided conversations with a couple of guys to help them develop through some good and bad times. I love that part of it because when it comes out the other side and they learn and grow some uh, in some you know particular way, it's the most gratifying part of being a teacher. You know, you look at Dalton Barshall, for example. You know, Dalton came here and um, you know he was a, he was a fine prospect inside the system. Might have got interrupted last year because of the COVID. He got called to the big leagues, and he was doing okay. But, uh, you know, to watch him get frustrated and keep fighting and battling and just have conversations with him, not every day, but quite a bit, just about where he was and how he was evolving, just to tell him that he had our support. Those were some really key moments for me, and I really enjoyed now that he's come come out on the other end. He's been our best player since the All-Star break. And uh, I know he's going to continue to impact this ball club moving forward. The record is obviously the core part of the answer to this next question. But beyond the record, what are the expectations you're putting on yourself? And what are the expectations that management is putting on you to do better in 2022? Yeah, it's a very fair question. You know, and I've asked those questions because um, I, I want to just make sure that we're all on the same page. And since day one, since I've gotten here, um, ownership and, and the front office has supported me, and we've all been on the same page every single day, uh, and and that's that's something that that gives me a lot of satisfaction. So you know whatever those expectations are, we've got to see how the team looks uh, through the course of the off season. We got to be better next year than we are this year. There's there's no doubt about it. Um, I you know if we win another 50 games, I don't think I'll be having these types of conversations with you guys again next year. But um, that's not anything that I'm thinking about. It's about the growth and development of younger players. It's about the growth and development of the players that we bring in or the veteran players, how they fit in, how we how we shape this puzzle and keep moving forward. You know, I'm not going to sit here and promise you that we're going to win a world championship next year. That's impossible. But we're going to give ourselves a chance to win each and every night. And if we can win tonight, we can keep doing it again tomorrow. We're going to compete to the best of our ability. That's the type of team that I want to manage. And uh, at the end of the end of the year, you know, we're going to see where, where the record stands. I'm, I'm going to tell you, this team is going to go out and fight every single day. That's, that's one of my demands. Just do not shut down. Give it everything you have, and then we do it again tomorrow. When you do your soul searching, do you feel like you need to be more accountable to the players in certain situations? Um, you know, that's, that's a very fair ask. There are certain times that I give them a little bit of leeway, um, a little bit of room to wiggle in, in this gray area to continue fighting through things internally. Um, I, I probably need to shorten that gap up a little bit and, and, and pounce on them a little bit quicker um, and maybe take a little bit of playing time away from them. I know that you had conversations with me about that before in the past, about sitting a guy down and, and, and showing him, look, there's a better example here. Uh, you got to be better. But, you know, trust me, just because it's playing time or not, I'm having those conversations internally, and we all have to hold each other accountable. This is the way I look at it. The team that doesn't play well has no accountability, no nothing from top to bottom. Um, a team that plays okay, uh, usually it's coming from some, some sort of management level, that there's some accountability. A team that does great, the entire 
culture is holding one another accountable. That's what I want. That's my dream. We've done that in years past, and we, we need to do a better job of it now, right now because things can splinter. When you're not winning baseball games, everybody's pointing fingers. That's a pet peeve of mine. I want everybody to take their own personal responsibility, and I need to set the tone with that myself. Yeah, and without naming names, I mean, it is just something that I would think that uh, is something that you, you you probably have to work on a little bit. And it, whether that's you or not, I'm not sure. But you know, there's been you know there's been occurrences where a guy has a, a really bad game in the field. He's sloppy. He's throwing the ball away. He drops the ball. It leads to a bunch of earned runs. You, your pitcher gets burnt out, and he's back in the lineup the next day. And I understand that. Uh, you know, sometimes you're like, okay, what's the options? There's not many better options out there. I get that. But, you know, there is a belief that, you know, maybe the playing time shouldn't be rewarded to a player who plays so sloppy. I agree with you. There's, there's something I need to take a, a very good look at. And um, we will find somebody, right? I know that it's easy to say that, well, the next option is not the best option. But in certain situations, it can be. And, um, you know, some of the things that I've learned from talking to other coaches and other, and other sports and other head coaches and other sports is, uh, the bench and playing time gets guys' attention real quick. So I know where you're coming from, Gamble. Somebody is going to win 100 games and finish in second place in this division. I, I do. It was it was fun to watch you beat the Dodgers on Saturday, to, to rock Kershaw early, to have Zach Allen pitch so well. And now you've got an opportunity. The Dodgers are two games behind the Giants. This is a historic race between the Dodgers and the Giants. And is it fun to be in the middle of it with the season ending down to beat the Dodgers on Saturday to be playing the Giants now? Yeah, well, you know, we're, we're kind of watching it as little brothers right now. And it's, it's, it's really bothering me. But if, if we can't be there in, in the race, yeah, we can affect it in somewhere, some, one way or another. We love that. We think that's, uh, you know, kind of like our playoffs. This is our time of the year where we can – we can be the first the first game on on MLB Network after after the night's over. So yeah, we we enjoy that. We want to play good baseball. I think you know we we played a bunch of really good teams very very closely, and uh, you know the Dodger series are three tough games, and we want to do that right now. So we want to impact it. Um, we want to find a way to make a difference in it somehow or some way. Um, you know, I know that one of the teams is going to win 100 games and still have to play a wild card game, and that's a lot of stress. So. We'll see how that all plays out. I know it's it's going to be you know it's going to be figured out here in the next six seven days, but we can impact it for the next three days. We are going to we're full throttle, all, all gas, no brakes. Let's let it rip. Tori, once again, congratulations on sticking around. It's always a, a treat to have you on Tuesday shows during the season. I don't know if this is our final show with you this year or not. I don't know if we'll have you on next Tuesday to wrap up the season. So, in case this is our final show with you of this season, uh, we look forward to talking to you sometime in the off season. Good luck against the Giants, and we'll talk very soon, if not next week. Okay. Okay, guys. Enjoy the time. Thanks, Scott. Yeah. Thanks, Kevin. Troy Lovello joining us in the Coulter Automotive Group Sports Line, Coulter Infinity, luxury cars, legendary service. Visit CoulterInfinity.com. When we come back, the Arizona Cardinals have added more depth at the cornerback position today, and they need it. We'll get you the latest next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. Where we uh, roll it out with Mitch. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page at Burns and Gambo. One word on social media. And today we're going with a Suns themed Twitter poll question of the day today. Mitch, what do you got for us? I've got a fantastic question today based off of the comments that we heard from DeAndre Ayton when he was on with Wolf and Luke yesterday based on. Michael Porter Jr. getting the max extension in Denver. The question today, simply put, do you believe that DeAndre Ayton deserves the max 
extension. Yes or no? <laughs> I mean, based on Michael Porter Jr. getting that? one? Yeah, no, listen, I I, I, I do. I, I, I think he deserves a max, ex, a max extension. I, it, it's, it's, you know, it's funny that you say that. Based off of, in a vacuum, it, it, forget about Michael Porter Jr., forget about Luka Doncic, forget about other guys who have gotten the max. And I know that's not reasonable or practical. Okay. But, but just worry about DeAndre on his own. Just look at DeAndre on his own. Fair. Would I have preferred to not give him the max and see if you could have gotten less than the max? Yes. I'll be honest with you. I, I, I don't know if I'm fully convinced that, yep, that is a max player in the NBA just in a vacuum. But you can't look at this in a vacuum. And if Michael Porter Jr. is a max player, yeah. DeAndre Aid's a max player. Yeah. I mean that's that's it's supply and demand. It's the marketplace. It's how it it's how it works. But in a vacuum, I could buy the argument that he's not quite there yet. That maybe a year from now he will be. But Yeah, I don't want to you, you don't want to ruin the continuity, the momentum and everything like that. And people look at this stuff too, right? I mean Oh yeah. You, if you're trying to lowball him, you're trying not to give him a what you know what what might be a fair deal. Yep. I and that could affect you down the road. So I just I, I think they'll get it done with DeAndre. They have three weeks to get it done. You got up until the first day of the new season to get a deal done. All right. Uh what's our uh survey say on this one so far, Mitch? Survey's very overwhelming in favor of Yes, 80.3% say DeAndre Ayton deserves the max deal. 19.7% say no. Okay, twenty, roughly 20% say no. I wonder if people kind of quickly glance over the max and look at the extension part of it. But either way, mm. it is a high amount of yeses. Yeah, it is. I, I think, because I think to Gambo's point, people, there's a lot of chemistry. There's a lot of kumbaya. There's a lot of... You know, the, the Suns are in the happiest place they've been in 10 years. Don't want to see anything ruin that. And have given DeAndre Ayton a max extension. It's a fair way to put it. Right? They're you're just, in a happy place. You're in a happy place. You're in a Bob Ross. really happy place. Did you end up watching that Bob Ross documentary? I have not. I got a little Netflix, scared by off by people telling me that it's uh, that there's some negatives to it. Yeah, we're talking about the happy place. Apparently, it's... it's. Have you seen it, Mitch? The Bo- Do you even know who Bob Ross is? I... Hey, I know who Bob Ross is. Everybody knows checking, who Bob Ross checking, is. I got to paint go some one of those little trees to blow off some steam every now and then. Okay. Oh, these young kids, they go to those crazy stores in the malls. <laughs> all those crazy stores. They, well, it's all Bob Ross. But apparently, Ties, there's socks. A, there's a Bob Ross Netflix documentary, yeah. and it paints a very dark picture. Not of him. Not of him, but of what was going on around him. Yeah. Or, I, I don't know that much about it. But I, I, I will say I, I got rickrolled last night watching Ted Lasso. You got Rick. I got Rick rolled like in the middle of the episode. In in this Ted, you get you'll get Rick rolled when you watch it. <laughs> you know, you guys know what Rick rolled is. Yeah, yeah. You I know do. what Rick rolled is. Rick right? Astley's never going to give you up. Yeah. He's never going to let you down. He actually uh, he actually commented because it's it's basically like a focal point of the show without giving too much don't, away. Yeah, don't give away too much. And he actually commented on his Twitter page about like I did see that in fact being a yeah. part of being a part of the show. Solid. All right. Well, that's yeah. probably going to be what I'm watching. That's tonight. your warning, Bernsey. Don't get fooled. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate that, Mitch. You can find the Twitter poll question on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. At Burns and Gambo, one word is where you can find it. All right, so uh, news from the Arizona Cardinals as they get ready to take on the L.A. Rams and some roster moves. Let's talk about Quentin Dunbar a yes. little bit because he is now yeah. a member of the organization. <clears throat> yeah, they just, they signed him to the practice squad. Um, there was a report out that they were signing him, but it is to the practice squad. We reported that uh, not too long ago that they were – that they. 
you know, that they were going to sign him. They were looking to sign him. And if they did, it would be to the practice squad. He has been signed and he is now a member of the Cardinals practice squad. They looked at him in August and, um, you know, early August when camp was going on and they had no interest. And, and I reported that too. They had no interest in earlier when he got let go by the Lions. Now, this is a guy that only played in six games last year. He had a knee injury. At the time, the Cardinals had no interest. Part of it, maybe it was the, maybe it was the knee wasn't right in, or in August and, you know, he needed another six, seven weeks to get something right. Um, he also missed some camp. I think there was a, a death. I think his father dying was kind of hard on him, but he did miss some camp. Uh, but he's a guy that will provide some depth. Again, they, they looked at him in August, had no interest when they were trying to figure out if they need to sign some corners. That was not a name they had interest in. But all these weeks later, for the practice squad, not being signed to the active roster, he is going to the practice squad, and he'll be a guy they'll keep their eye on, and he'll just provide depth in case somebody goes down. So you're saying he's going to the practice squad? I'm saying he's going <laughs> to the practice squad. Yeah. <laughs> Just, just want to clarify, you know, yeah. because you know the six times you said it prior, I wasn't quite sure he's going to the practice, practice squad. squad. Um, it, it's it's interesting. He goes to the practice squad because it sounds like Antonio Hamilton is no longer on the practice squad. There was a report from Adam Schefter uh, relaying the information through Drew Rosenhaus, the agent, that Antonio Hamilton was being activated to the the regular squad off the practice squad yes for the Arizona Cardinals now what I, I haven't heard and I don't know if you have is if there's a, you know and I don't think the Cardinals have announced that officially yet it's just through the reports but one they've replaced Dunbar with Hamilton and number two who has Hamilton replaced on the roster who who's not on the roster if Hamilton is if he's been elevated like that um it, they've liked Hamilton I believe they've protected him all three weeks. So far this like season, him. right? And like we've, him. we've seen him, Yeah, we've seen him play uh, quite a bit so far this year. This pa- this past week, especially, he was on the field quite a bit. So he um, he is a guy that obviously has stuck. They like there were two of them, right? It was what Rasul Douglas Rasul and Antonio Douglas Hamilton. And Antonio Hamilton and Hamilton Ham- uh, clearly was the one who got all the playing time. Yeah, and he's done a nice job for them. I mean, that's a that, that's a good signing. He's gotten he's gotten good reps, and they like him so. You know, again, just, you know, you're looking for depth. And there was a lot of big names out there, right? There were a lot of big names out there that people kept, what about this guy? What about that guy? What about... They signed a guy that was a relative unknown. But the good thing about signing Hamilton is when he got released, because he was a vetted veteran, he didn't have to go through the waiver wire. So they didn't have to put a claim on him and have to worry about somebody else putting a claim on him. They were just able to sign him. So that was a good thing. And, he, you know, they as a practice squad guy, you can... You know, you can put some of those guys onto the active. You can flex a couple of those guys onto right. the active roster. So he's done a good job for him. I got confused. He played against Minnesota because that was the game Marco Wilson got hurt. And Hamilton. Had to leave. Hamilton did. Against yeah. Minnesota. Hamilton, I, yes. I thought it was last week against Jacksonville. It was the week prior against Minnesota. Played about 51% of the snaps defensively and held his own. To the- he had a batted down ball um, on one play. Against Kirk Cousins, I think he he actually knocked the ball down at the line of scrimmage when he came up. Here's Marco Wilson today talking about Antonio Hamilton. Uh, he's a great guy, uh, and he brings great energies uh, to the cornerback room and onto the field uh, with the secondary. Um, he says a lot of great things um, for me as a rookie that I could pick up on, and uh, that will help me move forward oh, with great energy and great vibes to the team to help us, you know, do what we need to do. And while we haven't gotten an update on the injured offensive lineman in, and we won't until tomorrow. Tomorrow in Justin Murray and Kelvin Beecham and Justin Pugh. I think Pugh's going to, I mean, he's hopeful of playing. I know that. He's hopeful of playing against the Rams, but 
She's got to say, I mean, again, he got turned into a pretzel on that play with the back injury, so we'll see how it goes. There is one player we know who won't play this week against the Rams, yes. and that's special teams ace Charles Washington. I'm not sure if Charles Washington was mentioned earlier when you were talking about injuries. What His status, is he how bad of the hamstring, and does he have a chance for this week? Uh, he won't have a chance for this week. Can't be good if you're already getting ruled out on a Monday. Yeah. You know, usually if there's some kind of, you can spread it day out a little day. bit. Yeah, we'll exactly. see as we get closer, but uh, he doesn't have a chance, so he'll be out. Now, that'll hurt because the Rams have good special teams, too. Rams special teams have been good. Um, you know, Cardinal special teams took a big blow with that 109-yard, you know, return, missed field goal for a touchdown. But Washington is a big part of what they do on special teams. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo shows, the Cardinals prepare to play the Rams. There is a belief around the league that, and I know it's just three games, but that the Rams are the favorites in the NFC. Any reason to think they're not? We'll talk about that next on the Burns and Gambo show.